Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. You know, I wasn't planning on starting the way that I'm about to start, but um, while we were singing, just the Spirit of God was uh, speaking to me. And he told me that if, if you can just lean in today, and let go and get serious today about what God has to say to you, that your life could change today. And I I really believe that. And God is, is wanting you today to lean in a little bit more than you have because of what he has to give you today is worth it. You ever, um, knew something exciting was coming and someone was telling you about it, you, you lean in, you, you get excited. You're like, oh, oh, tell me. You're locked in. That's the posture today of your heart. We're going to lean in. We're going to listen. And I think that today some change can fall off of you today. I believe that with my whole heart. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And then it says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Like really? Anything. Like don't be anxious about anything. Is that even possible? Some of you hear that verse and you're like, great. That doesn't help me. That feels impossible. Uh, Anything? There's bills to pay? Come on. Have you seen the price of eggs and milk lately? Or gas? Like, there's, there's kids to raise? I don't even know why I said that. That's so easy. I don't know. <laughs> Never gives me anxiety, right? Like, there's kids to raise. There's relationship issues with your parents, with your spouse, with a friend, a lifelong friend. There's there's stuff, there's health challenges, job stress, inflation, the economy. By the way, there's an election happening next year. There's wars happening. There's helpless people being attacked right now on the other side of the world. And the Bible tells us, don't worry, don't just don't be anxious about anything. It's like if I told you, don't think of a monkey. What are you thinking of right now? A monkey. Don't be anxious. Oh, that makes me anxious. Oh, I, I get anxious sometimes about being anxious. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, don't anything? Really? If you're in here and you're honest, you would agree there's plenty to be anxious about. Come on. Is there a lot to be anxious about? Yeah, there's a lot to be anxious about. 
But I want you to know you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. I want, I want y'all to, you're not alone. In this room, so many of us are dealing with this. In 2019, 2019, a study showed that two out of three Americans said they were anxious or extremely anxious. What happened the year after this? Did it make things better? No. COVID hits. People are isolated from each other. It was a bit, people are anxious. This is a problem that we've had, but it gets even worse when you talk about the younger generation. One study shows that 91% of high school and college students report consistent and significant levels of anxiety associated with stress. 91%. If you have a high schooler in here, there's a 91% or a college-age student, or if you are a high schooler or a college-age student, 91% chance that you're extremely anxious and it's associated with stress. Now, anxiety is a very complex issue to talk about, and it's really a spectrum. It's not like either it's like on or off, you know, it's a spectrum, either struggle with it a little bit or you struggle with it a lot. And I don't know where you are on this spectrum or where, whether you struggle and you just have anxiety about a test that might be coming up or a project at work that needs to get done. Or if you have crippling level of anxiety where it's hard to get out of bed, it's hard to get your feet in the door. It's hard to function sometimes because you just have anxiety that's through the roof and you have a hard time functioning as a normal person. I don't know where you are. I want you to know you're not alone today. We're gonna talk about that today. And I believe God is gonna help some of you start to heal today because here's what I know about God. God cares. Not only does he care, he has something called compassion. And compassion means caring while getting your hands dirty about it. You know what I mean? Like having compassion is is caring so much that you're going to do something about it. So not only does God care, but he's also here to help you. And I want you to know that. God's here to help you. And that's why we've titled this message today, Heal My Anxious Mind. Heal My Anxious Mind. Come on, let's pray together. God, we love you. We're here for you. We're here um, to just get a touch of your presence today, of your power. I pray that you would help us lean in today, that we would have a posture that says, I'm here, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to, to see what's going on. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to, to, to get my hands dirty and see what I can do. And so if you're here today, I just want to ask you, just hold your hands open like you're ready to receive something. Come on, just hold it open. And I just want you to take a second and say, God, help me right now. Meet me where I'm at right now. God, we're yours. This time is yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to look at a powerful example today of a very godly leader who dealt with anxiety. Because if you're in here and you lead people, all right, if you're in here and at your job or in your home, you lead people, you know that stress comes with that. Can I get an amen from somebody in here, right? Like there's just stress associated. Why? Because people are not easy to deal with. 
I said, people are not easy to deal with. Maybe you didn't hear me. People aren't easy to deal with. And so they just add stress into your life. We're going to look at a godly leader today that had that. But uh, before we get going, I want to encourage you every week. I'm going to push this every week until I see everybody taking notes. For every, I'm, I'm being serious. You need to take notes today, all right? So we have a QR code that we're going to put up on the screen right now. You can scan this. You don't even have to have our app. Scan this. Take notes as you, we go today because... You're going to want to email these to yourself so that you can come back and, and reference all this. So you can find them on the app. You can find them right there. You can leave that up for a little bit, uh, Sam. So um, we're going to talk about a godly leader today who dealt with anxiety. His name was Jehoshaphat. Y'all say Jehoshaphat. Come on, you got to say it like uh, Jehoshaphat. Ah, see, that felt good right there. We couldn't do that when COVID hawking up stuff in here. We couldn't do that. And so he was the fourth king of Judah in the southern kingdom of Israel. And Judah had some enemies that were on the attack. And, and Judah, and if you don't know think about the kings of Israel, um, or if you don't know, there were some really good kings and there were some really bad kings. This is really one of the really good ones, okay? So he's there and uh, he's being attacked on every side by multiple different armies that have banded together to take out Judah. He's getting attacked by the Moabites. Y'all say Moabites. He's getting attacked by the Ammonites. Say Ammonites. He's getting attacked by the Meunites. Say Meunites. He's getting attacked by the Mosquito Bites. No, don't say that, right? The Termites. The Gigabites. I don't know. He's, he's getting attacked by all the ites. And so these people are coming together, and uh, they have decided we're going to join forces, and we're going to attack uh, the Judah so that we can take them and take their land. And he's getting attacked on every side by multiple different enemies. And this illustrates perfectly where we often find ourselves when it comes to the issue of anxiety, because here's the deal. You can handle like one attack, one issue. You can handle having a, a mean, not nice boss. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was, that was the only thing in your life you had to deal with, if that is the only thing in your life you had to deal with, Please come up here and teach. Teach us what you know, because that, that's, that's easy to handle. But it's when you have a difficult boss and then another difficult manager, then on the way to work that you already don't like, your car breaks down. And on top of that, money's tight because you don't make enough money doing the amount of work you're doing at the boss where you have two jobs or two bosses or at the job where you have two bosses that don't like you. On top of that, you need the car because you have three kids and they all play different sports on Saturdays and have to be at three different places at the same exact time, right? And you just started a new diet and some moron brought donuts into the office and for you to enjoy and all of a sudden all of this stuff is piling on you're getting attacked from everywhere y'all know what I'm saying y'all ever feel like this sometimes feel like where man things are just closing in there was uh, we're big fans of escape rooms and uh, if you know us well you've probably been to one with us and there was this one escape room that we went to and we're in this room there's probably six eight of us in there oh four okay and we're in this room and we're looking at this wall and there's a wall behind us and we're sitting there, we're trying to figure out this puzzle and I turn around and the wall behind us is closing in on us. I'm not claustrophobic. I didn't think I was claustrophobic, but I was like, I think the walls are coming in guys. And we started looking and sure enough, those walls kept closing and closing and closing until we solved the puzzle. And then we were able to get out. Sometimes life feels like that. 
and you feel like I have nowhere to go. I have, I have nothing to do. And like we talked about earlier, earlier if you have a, a student uh, or a young person that's about to go to college or they're in high school, um, they would tell, studies would tell us that that is the most anxious generation that we have record of. And they're the most, why? Because they are often the most educated with the least clear path to what they would consider success. So they have all the potential, but they are postponing things like buying a home because they can't feel like they afford a home. Or they're postponing getting married because they feel like they can't afford to be married, right? Like they have this anxiety because they know they can amount to much, but what they are hearing is successful in their life. They feel like they can never achieve. And so they're very, very anxious. They think, how in the world am I ever going to catch up, right? And to make matters worse, there's well-meaning Christians out there that are telling you, you shouldn't be anxious, right? Like, once you give your life to Jesus, everything goes great, right? Like, come on. If you struggle with that, you probably have a sin in your life. You have people that, that say these things that are well-meaning Christians. And that makes you feel even more guilty for being anxious. Because you're like, I'm, God, I'm trying. I'm going to church. I serve. I give. I don't explode at my mean boss when I really want to, you know, like I'm trying my best here. And now these people are saying all over Instagram, these, that you shouldn't be anxious and you shouldn't feel this way. And what I want to do for you today is I want to set some of you free. I want God to take the guilt and shame off of your shoulders today, because I want to make a statement and I want you to hear me. Okay. Anxiety isn't a sin. Okay, anxiety is not a sin. But Clint, the Bible just said, don't be anxious about anything. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's a sin. Anxiety is not a sin. Okay, uh, if you look at the Bible, you see that Jesus dealt with anxiety. And Jesus was sinless. So we can infer that Anxiety is not a sin if Jesus was really sin, sinless, right? But in the Garden of Gethsemane, before Jesus was to give his life for you and for me, it, the Bible talks about his state of mind. It says he was in agony. He was in so much agony that he was actually sweating drops of blood, which is some extreme rare thing that happens when you're facing anxiety like he was facing. So anxiety isn't a sin. He's, 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 uh, Jesus is dealing with this in the Bible, but anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety actually acts a lot like a signal. Like think about uh, your check engine light in your car. Does anyone have their check engine light in their car on right now? Come on, be honest. Peace be with you. I know how it feels, okay? That doesn't mean that like, that, that, that doesn't mean your car is beyond repair, it means, hey, you should go get this looked at to see what the problem is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a signal alerting you. And if maybe some of you do this, if you do, you're like me. But that doesn't mean that you like cuss out your car and be like, you worthless piece, you know, you get mad. No, it just means go take it to someone that can fix it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a signal alerting you. Anxiety isn't a sin. Anxiety is a signal alerting you. Anxiety is a signal alerting you. It's like a check engine light. When you feel anxious, that's not a sin. It's a signal alerting you that it's time to do some things. And so what is it time for? I'm so glad you asked. Three things. All right, here we go. Anxiety is a signal alerting you to three things. The first one is this. 
it's alerting you that it's time to pray. Y'all say pray. It's time to pray. It's time to seek God. It's time to stop and bring your cares to God. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did. He's getting attacked from every side. All these people have banded up against him and his nation is about to be under attack. And it says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting at verse three, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Oh, I love that. We've done that a time or two here. Texted people and said, hey, can y'all be fasting this week? We need God to come through financially for our church, but whatever it is. And we'll stop and we'll pray. Anxiety isn't a sin. It's a signal alerting you that it's time to turn to God. Can I get an amen? Come on. It's time to turn to God. It's a time to pray. It's a time to let him show you his power. And, and I love this. Jehoshaphat prays this powerful prayer. He says this, starting in verse six. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or the plague of famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and we cry and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and you will save us. You can pray like he prayed when things are when you're feeling anxious, like God of my ancestors. Would you come to thee and bestow your protection? I don't even know what that means, right? Like you say these things, or you can pray like I do and just go, help, right? Like, God, I, I need your help. You don't have to say these fancy things about our ancestors. Your ancestors may have been whack, right? But like, we, we can say, God, help, I need you. You can say things like, why is this happening to me? Like, I, do, I don't understand it, God, or I can't take this anymore. Or God, I feel alone. I feel desperate. I, I feel trapped. Like I, I can't get out. You can cry out to God and you can have faith that he will hear you when you cry out to him. But anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal alerting you that maybe it's time to pray. And maybe it's time to pray an honest prayer. Remember how I said we're going to lean in? How about we lean into that? God, I'm angry. God, I, need, I don't know what to do. Can you show me, please? It's okay to come to God that way. A lot of times we don't want to do that because it feels disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. God can handle it. There's whole books in the Bible dedicated to people getting mad at God. You can get mad at God. And he can take it, I promise you. He wants you to do that, by the way. Uh, there's, a, there's an author of a book. Um, the author's name, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She wrote a book called Switch on Your Brain. I believe that's back here. You can get that book if you want. Um, and here's what she is on her website. She's a communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist with a master's and PhD in communication pathology and a BSc in logo uh, and specializing in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology. I don't know what any of that means, Okay. I, but I think that means she is smarter than me <laughs> and you, most likely, uh, except for maybe Matt, who is our doctor at our church, and he's not really a doctor. So <laughs> you're more of a doctor than I am. Um, and so she wrote this book, and, uh, you know, I have an Instagram bio. I don't even have a website. And, you know, mine says I'm a husband, a dad, and a pastor. You know, I don't have all these fancy letters and before and after my name. Um, but uh, she, she said this in her book. 
It has been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. I feel like I should have heard more, what? Right? Like, I'm going to read this again. We're going to try this again. It's been found. Now, listen, maybe you're not listening. It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer, 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Like, it's amazing to think about. Like, if you pray for just 12 minutes a day over eight weeks, your brain will literally change. So much so that it can be measured physically in, in real life on a brain scan. Why? Because not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry in your brain. That's, think about this. It's powerful. The brain is not static. The brain is not something that once it's one way, it stays that way forever. That's not how the brain works. Remember, uh, that's really good news for us, by the way. Your brain has the ability to change. That's good news for us uh, based on what we talked about last week, right? We talked about last week when babies are born, they're making a million connections in their brain a second a million connections a second in their brain. And they're associating this with that, this with that. And they're making these connections, connections, connections. And eventually your brain gets really efficient at this. And uh, we, we create these neural pathways that our, our brain, once it sees something, it has an immediate reaction because we've become efficient in these connections being made. And that's a really good thing if you have good thoughts. That's a really bad thing if you have really negative thoughts, okay? Because all of a sudden you're having to retrain your brain to think something different, okay? So this is telling us if we can spend some time focusing in prayer for just 12 minutes a day for eight weeks, we can start to see a change in our brains to actually for, the, for, for good, for positive, for things of God. And we can actually do these things because not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but it also changes the chemistry of our brains. But God, God also put something in our brain called the amygdala. Y'all say amygdala. And this is in your brain. It's, it's there for our good, okay? And it's a little almond-shaped thing in your brain. And this is the part of the brain that sounds the alarm when something is wrong. Uh, that's why when you're walking at night in the woods and you hear some rustling behind you, you don't think that it's a cute little bunny rabbit. Your amygdala is like, bink, 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 Bigfoot is coming and he's behind you, you know, or Jason is coming and, you know, you're, you're going to get killed. Like, it's our brain thinks this way and it alerts us. It's going, hey, hey, something's wrong here. Danger, danger, danger. And all of a sudden your amygdala starts to fire these things off. And God put that in us. And sometimes we have that reaction and that's a good thing because God created us with this thing in our brain that sounds off the alarm. Um, the, the, the problem is when we focus too much on the alarm. Like a lot of times we'll focus so much on the alarm that it causes anxiety because all we can think about is the worst case scenario, right? I'm married to a person that's, that does that. I love her very much. I'm not like that, but she is. She's probably saved me from harm many, many times in my life, but I'm not like that. I don't think of worst case scenario. I'm like, oh, what's the worst that could happen, right? Like, and I'll go do something. Stephanie's like, 
you realize if you do that, like this could happen, this could happen, that could happen, and then this could happen. And then I'm like, oh God, how do you live like this? Right. But that's how some people are. And, um, I'm not saying she has anxiety, but she's just tuned into that more than, more than I am. And, uh, the, the Bible, uh, the word that's often used as anxiety in the Bible is a word called Marino and Marino means a dwelling or pondering on fearful or anxious thoughts. It's a dwelling or a pondering. It's an it's a image that literally means meditating on the negative. And you see, some of us in here, you have trained your brain to be negative. You have trained your brain to be anxious because we're ruminating. Y'all know what ruminating is? It's when a cow eats grass, swallows it, regurgitates it, eats the same grass, swallows it, regurgitates it, chews on the grass some more, swallow it. Y'all get what I'm saying here? How many of you know that that grass is not coming up better every time? (laughs) It's not. Your thoughts that you're ruminating on, you're chewing up, you're swallowing it, it comes back. It's not getting better every time. And you're training your brain to be anxious. And, And you're training your brain to think about the negative. And it might be natural. Listen to me. It might be a natural thing to think about what could go wrong. That's your amygdala doing what God created it to do. But guess what? Prayer is not a natural thing. Prayer is a supernatural thing. And God is calling some of us right now to stop paying attention to that alarm, even if that's a natural thing to do, and go, "Uh uh-uh, I'm calling you to do something that's supernatural. How about you take this as a signal that's alerting, it's alerting you right now to just stop and to pray. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal to take it to God. I'm going to take this to God. I'm going to take my kids to God. I'm going to take the situation to God. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to, I'm going to take this thing to God. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did. He stopped. He's getting attacked on every side. What would everyone in this room do? Buck up. It's time to go, baby. We're fighting. But no, no, no. He, he said, no, we're going to stop. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. And he has this honest prayer. I want to be this honest when I pray. I'm not a lot of times. He says this, verse 12. For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. Have you ever felt like you just didn't have the strength? You didn't have the power? Come on, am I the only one that's felt this way? And you just feel, I can't face this. It's crippling. I can't, God, I I can't do this. I can't. I don't have the strength again to do this. And then he goes on to say, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Some of you need to say that. God, I don't have the strength. I, I don't know what to do but my eyes are on you. Like, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm looking to you. God, I'm desperate for you. God, I, I need you right now to interfere 
with my kids and, and help my marriage, God. I, I wanna tra- I'm training my mind right now. I'm, I'm not thinking about the negative, God. I'm thinking about you. God, I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. I, I'm not going to believe that it's too late, God. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix my eyes on you. God, I, I'm not going to think about how we don't have enough money right now, God. I don't even know what to do. I don't have the strength to go on. They're not giving me overtime. I'm not finding, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. God, my marriage, I feel like it's awkward right now. We don't know what to do. I don't know what the way forward is, God. I don't know what to say. I feel like I've messed up so bad or God, she's going to leave me. Uh, God, I don't want to do this, but I'm trusting you. God, my eyes, they're on you. I I know my parents, I know my dad might be struggling and he's sick right now, but God, I'm trusting you. God, I, I trust that this relationship, God, they've been my friend for so, I don't know what to do. I didn't even do anything wrong, but God, I'm, I'm going to choose to take this to you. God, I can't handle it all. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out right now. I, I can't hold it all together. I don't know where to turn. God, no one can handle this. Exactly. Exactly. You can't handle this. God is waiting on you to pause and to, and to pray and to go, God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to fix my eyes on you and I'm going to trust you. Come on, is this preaching to somebody today that we just need to, to stop and pray and go, God, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. You need God in your life. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He's not, he's, it's because he loves you and he cares for you that he wants you to cast those things onto him. The word cast means to just throw it away, hurl it somewhere else, right? God, I don't know what to do about my kids. I want you to take it. I, I'm struggling with money. I want you to take it. God, I feel lonely, but God, I want you to take it, right? Where my heart rate is racing right now and I feel like I'm having a panic attack and anxiety. God, I'm just, I, I want it, I'm giving it to you. We cast all of our cares on him because he loves us and he cares for us. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. It's also a signal alerting us that it's time to pause. So we're going to pray. Then we're going to pause. Jehoshaphat in his prayer, he did this after his prayer. He said, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. And then it said, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. You know, my kids, uh, I love my kids, but uh, one thing that I find myself saying a lot is walk with purpose. Because they will just wander. We're out in public. People behind, like people, they're just... I'm like, no, 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 we come walk with purpose. Or they'll just stand there. No, don't just stand there, do something, right? Like, how many of you have ever said that before? Don't just stand there, do something. You ever said that? Yeah. Sometimes God says, don't just do something, stand there. He wants you to pause. He wants you to be still. Be still and know that I am God. 
be still and know that I'm God. I'm just going to pause. So are we supposed to just pray and like do nothing? That sounds kind of weird, right? Like, well, sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes it's more of a process. Sometimes when we pause, God directs us to a person, directs us to a passage in the Bible. Sometimes it means we change our diet. Sometimes it means we exercise more. Sometimes it means we go to the doctor and the doctor looks at things and goes, you're out of whack here. And, 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 or sometimes he leads you to therapy where you can talk through some trauma. It's a process. And sometimes it's instant and sometimes it's not. But let me tell you, it always starts with God. It's directed by God and it's a result of God. You can take anything to God. But sometimes when we get anxious, we start grasping and we start freaking out and flailing and doing it. No, no. God says, we're going to pray. We're going to pause. We're not going to do that. We're not going to freak out. We're going to pause. Second Chronicles 20. The Spirit of the Lord came on a prophet. The prophet says this. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. If he said that to me, I'd be like, get away from me. There's three armies attacking me. Are you kidding me? He goes, but he said, don't be afraid of this very big, large army that's bigger and stronger than you. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. He said, go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Go out and face them. The Lord will be with you. And maybe that's the words you needed today. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. God's with you. Don't pay attention to the noise. God is with you. Come on. This battle you're facing is not yours. It's God's. Maybe that's something you came to church and God's telling you, hey, battle you're facing is not yours. It's God's. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal. And it's a signal that's alerting us it's time to pray. It's time to pause. And the last thing is this. It's time to praise. So we're going to pray. We're going to pause. We're going to praise. Jehoshaphat did those three things. Y'all come on up. Come on. He did those three things. And then he did something that was unconventional, to say the least. Um, Jehoshaphat, if it's me, I would not have done this, okay? Jehoshaphat doesn't send the mightiest warriors to the battle lines to go fight the enemy. He sends the worship leaders. Now, I am not gonna send Chris Tomlin and Kerry Job and Matt Redman to the front lines of any battle. Okay, one of ours is hurt right now. Look, got a boot on. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm sending The Rock and Chuck Norris, John Cena, 
you know, I'm sending somebody, right, like that looks like me up there. That's what I'm doing. And I, I'm, I'm doing that. But not Jehoshaphat. He says, no, no, no. Can you imagine the crazy tambourine lady at your church you grew up at? Like front lines about to wreck somebody with that tambourine. Y'all know, like, that's not, that's what Jehoshaphat said. Hey, we're sending these people out first. And they went out and they started to praise. And guess what happened? These three enemies that came to fight together against Judah instead turned on each other, started fighting each other, and they defeated themselves. And the, the Israel didn't even have to do anything. Why? Because God fought their battles whenever they stepped back and said, God, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pause, and then I'm going to praise. I'm going to praise before the battle is won. I'm gonna, and that takes faith. It takes faith to praise before the battle is won. It takes faith to praise when you're feeling anxious. It's easy to praise when things are going well. It's easy to praise when all your ducks are in a row. It's easy to praise when nothing's going on in your life. It takes faith sometimes to pray when stuff isn't going well. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? It takes faith. And Jehoshaphat had the faith to go, no, 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 before I see breakthrough, before I see deliverance in this area, before my kids come back, before my finances get in order, I'm going to take time and I'm going to praise now. I'm not going to spend time being anxious. I'm going to praise God now. I'm going to praise God now before the blessing. I'm going to praise God now before this battle of anxiety is finished. I'm going to take time. I'm going to praise him now. And the Bible says that this happened. It says in, in verse 29, the fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms after all this happened. When they heard of how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Ooh. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. Y'all say peace. Ooh, it was at peace. For his God had given him, he wasn't being attacked on all sides. He had rest on every side. I believe that God wants to bring you rest right now on every side of your life. You feel like you've been attacked. Come on, I want to invite you to stand with us. You feel like you've been attacked, but God wants to bring you rest on every side today. And I wonder how many people in here are gonna let go today, not care about what people think that are sitting next to them, behind them, in front of them, around them, but we're gonna do business with God today. 